0: Welcome back to Franklin Covey's podcast on leadership with Scott Miller, the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. Six years now in production, 350 episodes aired and taped. This is a twice weekly podcast that airs on Tuesdays and Fridays in audio and video where we try to take the legacy of our co-founder, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who of course you know wrote the seminal book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This book has sold more than 60 million copies through our Leadership Solutions. It has impacted the lives of hundreds of millions of leaders and individual contributors around the world. And one of Dr. Covey's most passionate concepts was this idea of moving from a scarce or scarcity mindset to moving to an abundant or an abundance mindset. And I love the fact that Franklin Covey, the most trusted leadership firm in the world, continues to do just that through many vehicles, including this podcast, where every week, twice weekly, we shine what is our mega bright spotlight onto thought leaders from around the world, sometimes internal in our company, primarily people outside the organization that have like-minded values. Sometimes they are scientists and researchers, other times they are survivors of of, tragedies and generally they are authors and CEOs, iconic celebrities, athletes, icons that have dedicated their entire lives to researching a particular art or skill or topic, and today we have one of our generation's most influential and iconic leaders. You know him as Alan Mulally. He is the former CEO of Boeing and Ford. He is now one of the most in-demand executive leadership coaches. He arguably is the seminal voice on how do you build a leadership system and approach in your organization that simultaneously addresses the vital needs of all of your stakeholders. Alan is joining us from his home, his winter home in the greater Phoenix area. So, Alan, welcome to On Leadership.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be uh, with with you, Scott.
0: Alan, I have followed your career as have likely all of our listeners and viewers and subscribers today. You are, of course, a household name as one of our generation's most impactful leaders. Your, your compassion, your care for people, your focus on, on systems and, and, and structures and processes is iconic. You are a trained engineer. No doubt that has instructed your work as a CEO. But you have a fascinating background that although I think is probably less rela- or more relatable than your roles at Ford and Boeing, I'd like to have you check your humility for a moment and walk us through what was your career like that brought you to become one of the most iconic CEOs of our generation?
1: Well, uh, I, mean, I think that's great to start there because all of us uh, are uh, influenced by our, our, uh, our formation and our development and our service. And so um, I grew up in, uh, in the Midwest in Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas where the University of Kansas is and we had uh, pretty modest means, but we had uh, a mother and father that absolutely uh, loved us. And they, uh, their teachings, their example and their teachings were incredible. I'll give you an example about that. So uh, every morning, uh, my mother or my father would have something to just, uh, ask me on the way out, on the way to school. And my mother would say things like, now, Alan, do you remember what the purpose of life is? And I would say, oh, sure, Mom, uh, I, you taught me well, and that's to love and be loved. And then she'd say, she'd lean forward, as Scott, she'd say, remember, honey, in that order. i said, okay, Mom, thanks a lot. Next day, my dad might say, honey, remember, to serve is to live. Thanks, Dad. Boy, I really believe that. Uh, here's a few more. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Uh, by working together with others, you can make a real positive contribution to the people of our world. Expect the unexpected. Expect to deal with it. Lifelong learning. Continuous improvement. Uh, uh, Respect everyone. We're all creatures of God and worthy to be loved. Uh, Develop an integrated life that is your life's uh, work of service. And this is one, Scott, I'll never forget. And that is, honey, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. I also was uh, very uh, influenced and and excited uh, with uh, Dr. Reverend Turner, who's a congregational uh, minister in Lawrence. And uh, he backed up everything my mom said uh, with even more detail. And so I was there. He used to love to go sit on the front row every Sunday morning. So as I was growing up, I really started uh, serving because we didn't have very many resources. And I was just a the, the regular uh, young boy, and I wanted a pair of Levi's and some Weijin shoes and just wanted to fit in and make a difference. And And so I did a lot of activities because I realized that that service was the key. And if you served people and the greater good, then you're actually appreciated and rewarded for it. So uh, lots of different jobs and uh, lots of different areas. I think I was a first, somebody told me I was the first checker after being a vagger. A, a in the Dillon's grocery store, that as a checker, people gave me a tip because of my service to make sure they they uh, had everything that they needed, they had their coupons, and and so um, I loved uh, I loved artwork, I loved uh, physics, I loved math, and I loved working together uh, with others to create value. And uh, I think that probably the biggest thing that I I learned from all of that in my formation was the importance of uh, leading and managing and participating with humility, love and service, as you very well said uh, in the introduction. And then I uh, I uh, then went to the University of Kansas and I pursued my uh, education in aeronautical and astronautical engineering, loved airplanes, and uh, then I also... Uh, got a chance out of my thesis advisor was uh, the head, previous head of aerodynamics at Boeing. He took me to Seattle furthest I'd ever been from Kansas and I couldn't believe uh, Scott uh, Boeing and what they were about and they were and at the time with 707s they were the, they were the first uh, um, technology that got people together around the world we didn't even have an in- the internet then and they believed getting people together safely and efficiently so that they could learn that as human beings we have more in common than we're different around the world and we can choose to work together for the greater good. So uh, I love my uh, I love supporting all the airplanes. I I was on the design team of every Boeing airplane the 707, the 727, the 737, the 747, 757, 767. And then Boeing asked me to uh, be the uh, lead engineer on the 777 airplane program, which uh, is considered to be the finest uh, commercial airplane uh, in the world. And then when I was the CEO, we launched the 787. When you look at all the seats that are flying today, um, about 70% are in Boeing airplanes. And so it was just such an honor to serve, uh, getting people together. I also continued my education at MIT in um, in management, and then Nikki, I met Nikki at the University of Kansas, my wife, and we've been married for 23 years, and we have five children now and a rapidly growing family, and so all of those things contributed to, like, who I am as a person, and especially my desire to create value for the greater good, and the the very interesting thing uh, about the about Boeing, Scott, was that Boeing w- is one of the very best uh, businesses at creating the most sophisticated products in the world. Uh, 777 has nine mil, you know, 4 million parts. It flies halfway around the world. It's the safest and most efficient airplane uh, in the world. The quality, the fuel efficiency, the safety, the reliability, the maintainability. Tremendous products and tremendous working together. And so going through my career at Boeing, to your question, is that I loved learning all about that. And then I loved then adding to that and enhancing the working together that we did at Boeing. And the highlight of that was the 777, which uh, changed the world uh, and was also the most service-ready uh, and, and when it was introduced into service. And then uh, I never thought I'd leave Boeing. And I got a call from Bill Ford, and I'm going, whoa, Bill Ford, the great-grandson of Henry Ford? And he shared the situation. It was a very tough situation. He was really needed. He shared everything with me. And at the end of the day, I decided to join Ford and serve with him because I really felt like I was being asked to serve a second American uh, and global icon. And then that leads me uh, to today, as you said, and that's the opportunity to share Working together and the culture of love by design that can create value for all the stakeholders and the greater good
0: Alan as I have researched you and watched interviews talked with you prior to today's interview of all of the lessons your parents Taught you this idea of to love and be loved and in that order seems to best encapsulate your 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 life Let's take a moment and maybe dive a little deeper on that. I want you to I want you to remind everybody what that looks like and feels like and sounds like when your life mantra is to love and be loved and in that order. Remind us all how that can guide our lives on a daily basis. It's not something you hear oh, from you a bet. global it's, it's not a concept yeah. you hear from a global CEO on a daily basis.
1: Well, a great question and uh, I, what I would do uh, is put the uh, the three words in front of us all, and that is humility, love, and service. And, you know, who you are as a person, and Francis L. Hasselbein, and Peter Drucker, and, and Dale Carnegie, all were working on this, uh, helping people move on the Industrial Revolution to move from command and control to working together culture where you're pulling everybody together around a compelling vision, a comprehensive strategy, and relentless implementation to do it. And so uh, when you think of that humility, love and service, and then think about the service and the service now is I'm working together with others to create value for them, whether it's uh, Boeing, whether it's Ford, whether it's our family, everybody in your life. That's my that's my mindset, my attitude, what I care about. And then, of course, to do that most effectively, one needs to be humble because you're always seeking to understand before you're seeking to be understood. You want to learn. You want to appreciate everybody that's participating. You want to benefit from that by creating that kind of environment. And then love is a love for humanity because you think about Boeing and Ford, it's about safe and efficient transportation for the world. So, I mean, it's not about uh, us. It's about what we're doing to serve everybody around the world because we love them. We love them as human beings and we wanna absolutely create value for them. And then that keep enhancing keep enhancing the service.
0: And I'm guessing every person listening or watching this is wishing that their board of directors, their C-suite was being taught by you. And I'm guessing that's an opportunity you do quite frequently. We're gonna spend most of the rest of our time today going a little deep into Uh, something that you have great passion about. You call it the Working Together Leadership and Management System. In fact, today, we're gonna do something unusual. We're actually gonna attach a deck that you have carefully curated and and tinkered with and designed over the course of your last couple of years that is the culmination of your life's work. So for those of you that are listening today, we're gonna have a link in the notes to the show of a deck that um, Alan has graciously agreed to share with each of you. Before we go there, I want to revisit a theme that is common to, I think, both of your legacy and your current life, and that is this passion around clarifying an organization's core values. It might seem like pablum to all of us. We hear about this so frequently, our core values, we see them on the wall and on banners and CEOs open town halls. But I would like for you to revisit the necessity for all of us, regardless of the level we are in the organization, to help define and clarify and align our behaviors and our contribution with the core values of companies and not let them just be lost in, I'll use the word again, pabulum of core values. Because it can, be, it, it can be, uh, become corporate speak real quickly. Take that wherever you'd like to go.
1: Well, that's terrific too. And, and uh, it really culminates in uh, authenticity. Uh, in all the participants. And that thats kind of goes with lifelong learning and continuous improvement that you're always moving forward and aligning your values and your beliefs with your behaviors. And then you can be the same person uh, for any part of your life that you are serving, whether it's your occupation, uh, whether it's your family life, whether it's your spiritual life personally, your community life. And so the way... Uh, you describe that is a terrific way for all for everybody to understand that. And so what we developed then, based on what I shared with you, my experiences at Boeing and my experiences uh, in formation growing up, was we really focused on working together principles and practices that created a connected and a collaborative culture of love by design, meaning we love what we're doing. We love the people we're doing it for, the people we're doing it with, all the stakeholders. And, and we're feeling that satisfaction, of meaningful accomplishment. And so when you think of those, uh, those behaviors, the operating process and the expected behaviors are the two keys to the working together, how we do things and also our expected behaviors, which is everything about the culture. And just a few of them uh, that also, as you pointed out, in the document i made for uh, you and everybody it has uh, a few slides in it that explain this uh, really clearly and one of the things you're going to love are these principles and practices i think so so the first one for example it is people first love them up and you're going to see a heart around the love them up part meaning they're human beings uh and just think of the triple seven We got six hundred thousand people that are working on a new airplane. We're going to deliver it on schedule in five years, and they're talented. They're committed to making this fantastic, uh, uh, creative invention. And so, love them up and appreciate them. Uh, Include everyone, all the stakeholders. Not not just you're not just doing it for the shareholders. You're you're creating it for all the value for all the stakeholders. And then, of course, it all starts with a compelling vision a comprehensive strategy, and then a relentless implementation plan, the business plan review that a lot of people know about and use. And then clear performance goals, one plan. Most companies have a lot of plans, and and we're all looking for what the the RIP plan really is. Facts and data, so important, Scott, because we care what you think, uh, and we appreciate that. But we also want to know the facts and data that each of us are looking at so that when we do have a red item or a yellow item that needs to go to a green item, then we can all work together based on the same uh, knowledge and with the talent that we have, that knowing what that situation is, is absolutely key for us turning the reds to yellows to greens. So a few more very sophisticated, complicated words like, to your point about the behaviors, expect the unexpected expect to deal with it. Thank you, mom and dad. Uh, Everyone knows the plan, everyone knows the status, and everyone knows that the areas that need special attention. So we do a business plan review every week. Everybody is there, the entire team is there, engineering, manufacturing, procurement, communications. Mm -hmm. All of the stakeholders are represented on the team and we go through everything about the strategy and the plan and we also, every one of the, the leaders will color code their charts uh, green, yellow, and red on every element of their plan, and then if we need help on a red, then we all do that in our special attention meeting. Uh, propose a plan, positive, find a way attitude. There's no way you can create an airplane with four million parts uh, and do that if you if you don't understand that create creating something is an iterative process. It's a design process and you work together, sometimes you're surprised, then you work together to get a solution for that surprise. And when you think of a red, it's not a red like it's bad, it's a gem and the person that's presenting it is not red. Thank you, thank you for sharing what the issue is so we can work together to turn the reds, yellows, greens. Uh, Respect each other, listen to each other, help each other, appreciate each other. You can see how the way you ask that question is terrific because see, that's all integrated now where you've moved from I to we and me to service and you've integrated everything you're doing between your beliefs, your values and your behaviors into those behaviors. Emotional resilience, trust the process of working together. You go right back up to the top when you have an issue, make sure you got everybody involved, uh, you're doing it in a timely manner. Uh, the last one, uh, wow, is have fun, enjoy the journey and each other. I. Every morning, Scott, every night, I say thank you. I mean, to get a chance to serve uh, two American and global icons uh, that create safe and efficient transportation, um, I'm just in awe. And of course, the the purpose of all of that is to create value for all the stakeholders and the greater good. And the only way you can do that is to profitably grow. So you're going to see me describe a PGA, which stands for not for professional golf association. It stands for profitable growth for all, because if you're profitably growing and profits equals revenue times margins, then that means you're making products and services that people want and they value. And simultaneously you're working on the margins, increasing the efficiency. And you only can do that when you're, when you're growing. So uh, those are the principles and practices that cover the beliefs, the values uh, and the behaviors. And the biggest about that, enjoy the journey on each other, The corollary of that is zero tolerance for violating this described operating process and violating the expected behaviors. And and the reason is that when you operate this way with these sophisticated products and and it's a creative process, you need to create an environment, a culture that is psychologically so safe. If anybody thinks they're going to be attacked or made fun of or jokes, even though you think it's a joke, it's never funny because people, if they're concerned about being part of a joke, then they are going to be a little bit more careful on sharing what the real situation is just to avoid that because they're real life people that, that want to that have a job and it's a big part of their life. And so zero tolerance for uh, violating. And if you do violating, by late the process of behaviors then you really make a decision to move on and it's okay because remember the first principle is we love you you're a human being you're great but if this doesn't work for you it's okay well you try to find a job where you're not influencing everybody in your job you're it's more like a, a single contributor or you can uh, go ahead and leave and we'll still uh, will support you going forward haven't had very many people over the years Scott that chose uh, to move on and uh, the vast majority of the ones that did, which weren't very many, uh, also uh, told me later that they wished they would uh, would have stayed. and moved in this direction.
0: I, I wanna dive deeper on that. Pardon the interruption. I think you were way ahead of your time on this. You talked about psychological safety. This is a, a topic that's you know kind of risen up in the last couple of years since the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter and social justice and what's happened with the upheaval from the pandemic. And I think you were actually a bit of a Johnny Appleseed on this one. It's rare to have heard a leader of your stature, influence, have instituted this You know, decades ago. Let's take a short, deeper dive into that again, into what it means to create a psychologically safe environment. Because you alluded to the fact people won't surface concerns. They won't share insecurities or knowledge or perhaps something that might be ridiculed that they might be protecting or hoarding. Remind every leader why it is so important to create a culture where everyone feels safe to speak up and share. What's the downside when they don't?
1: Well, really important question because, uh, so think about uh, our business plan review. So every week uh, we have the entire team all networked around the world and uh, I start the meeting with a, a review of the of the vision and the strategy and the plan, and also the status against the plan. So a summary of the reds and the greens across the, the whole organization on the project we're working on, like, like a 777. And then every leader follows me, uh, engineering, manufacturing, procurement, uh, government relations, uh, communication. They and they share the elements of their plan, strategy and plan, which they've shared with everybody. And you can imagine doing this week after week, everybody really gets knowledgeable about what the vision, the strategy plan is. And then they also color code their chart on red, yellow, and green. So they're sharing with us. And I'll say just a few words. I have this new area uh, that came up. It's a yellow or a a, a red. I don't, I have, uh, we're working on a solution like on the yellow, on the red, it's new. We do not have a solution yet. Uh, right now, uh, I, I think we don't need uh, the help of everybody uh, in a big way, but they'll let, they'll let us know as soon as they do. Now, uh, a lot of people say, well, uh, do when somebody shows a red uh, and say, say they don't, uh, it doesn't turn yellow or green for a couple of weeks. Do you go after that person or do you believe in them? And and if you have a psychologically safe environment, they are sharing with you what the situation is. Most companies uh, over the years, you never bring an issue to your supervisor, let alone the CEO, if you don't have a solution. So now the entire organization is, is stuck with managing a secret. They don't know what the situation is. And so there's just no way you can do what we're talking about and just keep using the 777. Uh, there's no way you can do this if you don't have an environment where they feel like they can share it. They're not a red. They're a green, green, green person. But they are sharing an issue, and we're going to work together to help them turn the reds to yellows and greens. And, the, and when you meet every week, think about that, Scott. So you, had a, you shared a red last week, and you arrived this week, you know that everybody is gonna have done everything they can in that previous week to move it, even if it's not moved yet. But it's safe, they can say it, and we can all then work together to turn the reds to yellows to greens.
0: Alan, in preparation for today's conversation, you don't know this, but I actually interviewed a CEO that you coached and mentored as part of your legacy. And she told me that what she learned most from your working together leadership and management system is she kind of had a lot of the sequence wrong, right? She was working on governance issues, she was working on the leadership team and the roadmap, but what she said when she finally understood this working together system, it was of all the things, the integration of them versus she was kind of doing this and then she was doing that and then she was doing this and she wasn't making enough progress, but she really said, that your insights around the business plan review was the biggest epiphany for her because it really changed the culture of the team, the transparency, the accountability, and they saw massive progress. You've talked about this as part of one of five components, principles and practices, governance, leadership team, creating value roadmap, in business plan review. Now that document is in the notes of this podcast. Anybody can go listen to that. I'm gonna invite you to revisit the concepts in the business plan review. I'd like you to assume that everybody listening to this right now is a leader. Maybe they're a leader of a Girl Scouts or a Boy Scouts club. Maybe they're a leader sure. of a big you know, manufacturing plant or they're an entrepreneur. Whatever role they're in, revisit some of the key components of what an effective business plan review looks like?
1: Well, I think that's really neat the way you asked that question. And I think you might be talking about Jennifer McCollum. Is that true? You are correct. (laughs) Well, Jennifer is a phenomenal uh, working together leader, both who she is as a person and as, and what she does. It's almost like the, one of the ultimate learnings from Francis Hasselbein and that is, that who you are as a person is going to have more to do with your success in serving uh, than anything else. So, to be and to do. And uh, it was so fun when Jennifer uh, asked me uh, for her help, for my help. And she really got it uh, quickly that it's the system. And just like you described it, Scott, there are five elements, they're the principles and practices that we just talked about. There's the way we manage the business from the top down of the organization all the way through all the suppliers, and then also the leadership team, and then what their unique uh, role, what the characteristics and the qualities are, and then their unique role of holding themselves and the team accountable for the uh, following the operating processes and the expected behaviors of working together. And then the creating value roadmap, which is key, which includes the product, the process, the people, the performance levels, and you go five years out, five years out, and the only way you're going to go five years out on profitably growing is if you have a good plan that you're continually updating every year for the revenue growth in addition to the margin and the efficiency growth. And then, as you pointed out, where that comes all together is the fifth element of the Working Together Leadership Management System, and that's the Business Plan Review. And she got this so quickly because now she invited all of her team, not just a few people, most organizations on their leadership team have a few people, but they are included all of the leaders. And so she included all the leaders. She started the Business Plan Review. She did exactly what I just described. She started it out and each one did their part. They started doing red and yellow and green and uh, and then everybody learned everything from each other, including all the leaders sharing what was going on in their area responsibility, say like engineering and manufacturing, what's going on around the world in this rapidly changing world so they, they could minimize the risk and they could also uh, benefit from all of the opportunities that was creating. So we were never surprised at what was going on in the world because we were all looking at that because we're probably growing. So we were using everything that was going on to our, in a positive way, to develop that plan. And so you can imagine the feelings uh, that go with that. Because like you said, that she said, that she got really quickly, it's a system. And you want to do all five of those things simultaneously. And where you can do it, and you know you're doing it, is in the business plan review, because you've gone through every one of those uh, five elements that you and I just described.
0: Alan, what is your greatest competency as a leader? What, what, what do you know and you feel comfortable saying, you know what, I, I do this well?
1: Well, I, I've learned this, <laughs> not so much that I've uh, uh, invented it, but uh, so many people that I've worked with over the years, uh, thousands of people, um, their response to me was how they value uh, my humility, love, and service and my expertise that helped me enable that also. And that was my uh, Boeing large-scale system integration, the creative process and an integrated process. Uh, reds are, are great. They allow us to move forward. Uh, and the thing that that uh, uh, always made me smile was the fact that Uh, I enjoy so much creating this value for the greater good. And I'm not about uh, me. I have moved from, this is them talking. I have moved from I to we, from almost the day I was born, and me to service. And once you do that, and you do it for all the aspects of your life, and then this environment, this culture you're creating enables everybody everybody Scott, to move in this direction. And that's what, back to this authenticity again, because people will join all of the programs. They'll have different uh, values, different beliefs, different things they've been through. Now they have to operate and commit to these behaviors, which enable people to work together and appreciate each other and help each other and love each other. And so now they become authentic, meaning they are, they become aligned on their beliefs or values and their behaviors. And they're very successful doing that, creating value for all the stakeholders of the greater good. So they feel so uh, good about uh, their contributions and the way they work together.
0: Alan, in the beginning of this conversation, you surfaced the idea of lifelong learning and continuous learning that your parents and your service leaders in your life instilled in you. I'd like to ask this flip side. What area of life are you working on improving? Is there a particular behavior or mindset that you still have some growth in that you would acknowledge?
1: Well, that's it really is a neat question because the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Because everything about uh, what I do, I'm always continually very self-aware, looking, looking in their eyes, listening, uh, always looking to uh, just figure out how do I continually improve being who I am, which we described, and also uh, what I do uh, to serve. And I, a, good, a, a good thing in my mind that uh, might help with that, that question is, that when you think of a leader or a person you meet, and this is some work I did with Marilyn Gist um, at the University of Washington, and she's a fabulous uh, working together teacher. And uh, we agreed that there are three things that all of us want to know about somebody we meet, especially a leader, that we're we're, we're gonna uh, be supporting. And one is, Who are you? Who are you as a person? Are you about yourself? Are you about what we're trying to accomplish together for the greater good? Uh, Have you moved from I to we and me to service? I mean, who are you? The second question we all want to know is, oh, great. You're the leader. So where are we going? And what is the vision, the strategy, the plan so that we can align with that or make decisions about whether we want to align with it And then the third one is, do you see me? Do you see me? I'm not just a factor of production. I'm a human being. I have joined you to create the finest airplane in the world. And so do you see me? And and they'll know if they're appreciated, if they're respected, if they're included. And so you think about a lifelong learning and continuous improvement. That's just part of the strategy of your life, that you're gonna commit to that, and to do that, you're gonna be so aware and keep looking and keep asking, what can I do to help out more?
0: Alan, I wanna get a little bit personal. Uh, I think there is a near obsession in uh, uh, K-12 schools, trade schools, college around STEM, understandably so, The math and sciences, obviously that was near near and dear to your heart as an aeronautical engineer. uh, No company isn't talking about AI and chat GPT and machine learning. Um, Recognizing these are vital areas of education that everyone should be studying. As a father, and I might assume even now with your longevity, perhaps grandfather, what are you thinking are the complementary skills that educators and parents and leaders should also be instilling in and demanding that the future workforce learns. Beyond the obvious sciences and maths and technologies that will serve them well in a future, almost un-yet-identified economy, remind us what you want your grandkids and kids to also bring to their future workplaces and families.
1: Oh, great question. Uh, and I, you got really close to uh, sharing, that, sharing the, the answer because, you think about this lifelong learning and continuous improvement the reason that that is so uh, important is that there are so many things in our world that continue to change and the technology uh, the working together uh, the skills uh, the world uh, situation sustainability uh, energy so many things are changing and the more that like I explained in in the business plan review, that we are reviewing all of those and then incorporating them and continuously improving and profitably growing our unit, then the more uh, we're going to be able to create value for all the participants that are all our our customers and and suppliers and all the stakeholders and the greater good uh, of the world. And so, um, When you think of just like the ones, like AI and the ones that you said, uh, we think about on the 777, we went from analog to digital for the first time. We went from defining the product, not with two dimensional drawings, but with three dimensional digital drawings, digital product definition, and digital pre assembly. We didn't have mock ups for the first time. And so uh, AI is. Just another great technology that's coming along is still going to be made use of by the people. And so incorporating that in, in working with it closely and incorporating that into the working of the management system, where people are not doing their separate AIs all over the place, but we are together using AI to continually improve our strategy and plan is absolutely key. And everything that's going on in the world needs to be considered that way.
0: Alan, I hear the word collaboration as kind of the overarching theme there. Uh, Take me really practical. When you see collaboration working effectively, what are people doing on a behavioral basis? Collaboration means you're doing and saying what?
1: Well, uh, all those elements of the principles and practices contribute to that you are respecting others you're listening you're seeking to understand before you seek to be understood you're there to help you're there to continuously improve to help everybody move forward and the people everybody that you're working with feels that and you feel that and it also enables you to get better and better and better at those uh, characteristics and those qualities as a human being And I think the reason that we've been uh, so successful moving in this direction is the satisfaction and the appreciation that people have to be able to create value for the greater good and continuously learn and improve their ability uh, to serve. It's just uh, it's very, very... uh, Everybody's so happy to be uh, operating in this way and the whole organization benefiting, but also they are continually to grow.
0: Alan, let's end today's conversation with a book that you very graciously wrote the forward to that I have on the set today titled, Work is Love Made Visible. Why is that something you're so passionate about? And explain the concept to us of work is love made visible.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is just a a phenomenal experience that I had uh, that just focused me even more uh, going forward. So uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the people I respect so much, uh, Francis Hasselbein, Peter Drucker, uh, Dale Carnegie, uh, Marshall Goldsmith, Sarah MacArthur, and these are these are all leaders that um, have been moving and helping people move in this direction of humility, love, uh, and service. And so uh, they came to see me. I mean, uh, Marshall and Francis and Sarah came to see me, and they said, "Okay, Alan, we are and they they're terrific uh, leaders, uh, editors." They, Lots of books, uh, fantastic leaders. And they said, okay, we're writing a new book. And the book is called Work as Love Made Visible. I said, oh, that sounds interesting. He said, and we'd like you to write a chapter. And this is a book that was going to have 35 different authors to help people understand how to move in a direction of determining what you want to do in your life your purpose your goals uh your being and your doing and so i read their draft and uh, it was phenomenal and so i actually uh uh, we got back together and i actually said i i read this i really don't think you need me to add a chapter to it because it's fantastic and then frances hasselbein kind of took over the meeting and she said uh she said alan um uh, we understand and, uh, and so they let it go for a little bit. And then they came back again. And they said, OK. And Francis said, Alan, we have another thing we'd like to ask you to do. And we're not going to leave until you do it. I said, OK. And then she said, so we want you to write the forward to our book, Work as Love, Made Fizzle. And I said, why? Because a forward that's a big deal. I mean, you're kind of setting the stage for all these 35 authors they're with their writing to help everybody. And they said, exactly. I said, why me? And they said, well, we think you're a good example of, uh, of somebody that um, is creating value for the greater good and, and uh, loves, it, loves them all. And I, I said, okay. And I said, so why, why is it you want me to do it, to write it? And she got really close to me, Scott, she said, Alan, everyone knows who you are. They know what you have done. And they don't, they wanna know why you are who you are. And I said, ooh, now you think about the way you just did this interview today. Francis would love you. That's where you started, because who you are is gonna have more to do with your success than anything else. And so I said, Okay, uh, and then how do what do I do? What, any guides on how to write this? And I said, uh, yes, we just want you to tell your story. And I said, my story. And they said, yeah, your life story. How were you formed? And how were, how were you developed? And and uh, how did you uh, learn everything you did at Boeing? And how did you add, enhance that working together with your working together leadership and management system? And and I said. Okay, I've never done that before. I mean, I've n- I don't talk about myself. And she said, exactly. You don't talk about who you are. Everybody knows you, know what you've done. They want to know the why. And so I said, well, where should I start if I write this? And she said, when you were born. I said, really? So I said, okay. So they left, got my piece of paper, and I started to write my story down. And uh, it it was fun because I've never I'd never sat down and written my whole life's work. It's like three pages long. And uh, that's the forward to to the book. I finished it and then I gave it back to them. And I was they went over it with Wiley and and, uh, and I was expecting it's kind of written. It sounds a little bit like it's written by an engineer and has dots and stuff and and uh, and I said, Oh no, I'm gonna get a lot of questions for uh to approve it and blah blah. And what came back from all of them, all of the editors, was not to change one word because they thought it really captured uh who I am and and what I do. Like, think like why I smile, why do I love people, why do I like making a difference, why do I like creating value for the greater good. So, uh, that book. Um, It was the first time that I ever uh, was ever written, I contributed uh, and that's what you're, what you wanted to do today, which is one reason that uh, I agreed to uh, uh, join you because you are focused on capturing the who people are as well as what they do to create value. So I love, everybody loves the book starting with me.
0: Alan, what a lovely tribute from you to them and them to you. There are many people right now who are already downloading the PDF of your deck, the uh, 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 leadership and management system, uh, multiple pages in it. If someone is in an organization and they got, they think, gosh, I'd love it if Alan were to coach our board or coach our CEOs or help us integrate this, what's the best way for someone to find you, locate you? I know you do a fair amount of senior-level advising you also have priorities in your family and, you know, probably taking a break from the corporate grind. Uh, to what extent do you still offer leadership advice and coaching to um, interested parties?
1: Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm still supporting a number of, of boards. And as you pointed out, I'm, I, I love uh, supporting uh, CEOs and their teams. Um, I'm teaching. I'm working together. They're working in the leadership and management system. Um, I'm balancing my life also, um, as I'm I'm getting uh, mature here fast, <laughs> and so I have a, a more a little bit more limited time for this than I have in the past. But uh, the Washington Speakers Bureau is a great organization that represents me. Uh, does a great job, and also. Um, you can, uh, you can send an email to me. Um, I, I might not be able to answer them all, but, uh, I'm always available to, uh, uh hear somebody's request.
0: That's very gracious. We'll ensure to include that in the notes. Alan Mullally, you are an American icon. Your time with us today was deeply profound and I re-invite all of our listeners, viewers, and subscribers around the world today to dig into the notes and access the deck. And if you have questions, we're happy to marshal those towards Alan. Scott, if I could
1: just add one more thing to your last question, the, another very uh, uh, useful, a part of the of the document that you are describing that we made for everybody are the references uh, at the back, and uh, Sarah and I uh, went through all of the the writings that people have and our writings, and we put them all in there. And so, to your question about learning uh, more from from my experiences, uh, there are a lot of great references in there, and people share with us that they learn. Uh, a lot and enough to get started on that business plan review and and uh, start actually implementing the working together leadership and management system and it's connected culture of love by design to create value for all the stakeholders and the greater good. So that's a good set of references for
0: everybody. Alan, thanks for your time today. Thank you for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Scott. Thank you.
0: And we'll see you back here next week for another conversation on leadership.